Hey guys, what's up? Jake Steele, ironandsteel.com. This is podcast episode number 27. And uh, yeah, holy shit, we're still here doing this because apparently from what I can tell, you guys seem to really enjoy the content. And uh, again, thank you to everybody that reaches out every week with uh, nice messages saying how much they enjoy the podcast and all that stuff. Uh, Thank you especially to those of you that have taken the time to share the link, um, whether it's the podcast link or the website link. Um, it's been cute. Like this has exceeded every single expectation that I had, um, when I did the, and you know, to be truthful with you, I didn't want to do a podcast, but in today's world, nobody's reading articles. You can't write for magazines. You can't even have a fucking website anymore and expect people to go there and read it. So yeah, you have to be a content creator and have a podcast and a YouTube channel and be like, Hey, what's up guys? So I hate being that motherfucker, but at the same time, um, I don't know. You guys seem like you really enjoy it. I listen, I'm no like Joe Rogan or anything by any stretch, but I will tell you the last time I looked at the analytics on this podcast, uh, more than 10,000 people, 10,000 people had listened to these episodes. Uh, a bunch of people have left reviews currently has a five-star review. And like I said, I, I get a shitload of messages every single week from people, uh, that just want to reach out and say that they enjoy it. So it's, it has absolutely exceeded hundred percent of my expectations. And so, um, thank you. I guess is kind of the, uh, condensed version of this rant. So, uh, again, ironandsteel.com is the website. You can go there and check out all of the content in this podcast starts as an article on ironandsteel.com. So, um, all the articles have photos and all that stuff. So as you're listening to these podcasts and imagining, you know, the car or the circumstance or whatever it is, uh, when you're done listening to it, you can go to the site. Uh, find the article, click on it, and you can see the actual photos associated with that story. So, you know, kind of ties everything together and uh, completes the package, I guess you could say. So, uh, again, ironandsteel.com is a website. You can go there, check any of this shit out anytime you want. Hit subscribe while you're there or don't. I don't really give a fuck, to be honest with you guys. Just do what you want. So, all right, this week, I'm going to read you the first of a two-part article that I wrote about East Bay Speed and Customs. So uh, this first one's just kind of an introduction. It's more the story of how I encountered East Bay than how I met Brandon and, you know, kind of what got the ball rolling uh, for me. So the second part of the story, which is I'll release it tomorrow on the site as an article. And then next week I will read it on the podcast as well. But uh, the second version or the second part of the um, story focuses a lot more on like East Bay as a business and Brandon as a person and kind of all that stuff. So uh, yeah, so this is uh, article number one, kind of the introduction to East Bay Speed and Custom. And uh, when we're all done, we'll do some Q&A and uh, yeah, then we'll say our goodbyes and everybody will go on about their merry little way. So All right, again, ironandsteel.com. You can check this article out for yourself. But uh, for now, kick back, relax, and I'll read it to you.
right, guys. So here we go. Uh, again, at the beginning of every one of these stories, I give the same disclosure, but uh, I want to restate. I'm just literally reading this off of my website. I'm scrolling through on my laptop and like reading it aloud. So if I stumble over a word or, you know, there's some weird, you know, my dog runs into the room and you hear the clank of her you know, dog tag or whatever. Uh, my point is, it may not be perfect, but I don't have any interest in reading a paragraph at a time, you know, making sure it's perfect and then trying to string it all together and have it sound cohesive. But uh, so I guess the short version is if perfection is what you're seeking, you're probably not going to find it here. And uh, I don't know if you don't like it. I don't know. Kick rocks, I guess. So here we go. Uh, East Bay Speaking Custom Part 1. It started out as a pipe dream. And this whole thing was kind of that way, really, when it came to this car. A 36 Ford three-window coupe had been at the top of my list for decades. And one day, in the summer of 2018, it finally became a reality. And you can read that story, by the way, on ironandsteel.com. It's called Estate Sale. You can also listen to it. Uh, that was podcast number one. Believe it or not, I think that was the very first one that I recorded. Uh, it's called Estate Sale, and that is the story of the three-window coupe that I'm talking about uh, right here. So anyway, but once the high of actually getting the car itself wore off, a sobering reality set in. That was, in order for this thing to be what I wanted, I was going to have to make some pretty serious shit happen. Here's what I mean. These cars are great looking in stock form, but there is nothing that looks better than a nicely lowered, skirted, and chopped three-window coupe. And that is exactly what I wanted. But there was one pretty big problem. The problem was, I am not the guy to be trusted with a cutoff wheel anywhere near a car like that. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not afraid to cut the roof off of something and glue it back on. Several Model A coupes have met their fate with high and tight haircuts at the hands of my friends and I, but this was no Model A. And make no mistake about it, there is absolutely no easy way to chop a 36 Ford, especially a three-window, which I really can only liken to essentially trying to chop an egg. This is no job for a guy like me. I needed a professional. So I started out talking to guys that I knew of right away, like as soon as I got the car home. These were people who I had heard of or seen on social media that I kind of got the sense had the right skill set to chop this car. I talked to several guys, all of which basically told me, yes, they can do it. It would cost about this much and they could get to it in a year, maybe two. Okay. So I followed up after long blocks of time as instructed. I figured out that it kind of seemed like that year or two was actually a moving target. And I started to get the impression that Maybe you had to kind of be part of their little clique to get in with some of these guys, which would be totally fine, except 
I wasn't a member of said cliques, and the ones that I am a part of, sure as shit, weren't touching this car with a sawzall. Despite many drunken offers to do just that. So around that time, I started noticing posts from a then small shop called East Bay Speed and Custom, owned by a guy named Brandon Flaner. I took note of some really high-end cars that were coming out of this place. And not just new builds, but restoration and preservation work on some extremely well-known historic cars. At the time, they had been working on a brilliantly executed period custom that also happened to be a 36.3 window. This was a car that was owned at the time and built for Brian Rusk. I can't tell you how many hours I spent poring over pictures of that car and watching for updated posts. Right away, it went to the top of my list as a sort of blueprint for how I would like my chop to look. And look, I'll be honest, I was hesitant to reach out to East Bay at first. I had already gotten a feel for how it goes when it comes to dealing with guys talented enough to do this kind of work. And to be honest, I wasn't super impressed with the interactions that I had had up to that point. And as I studied what East Bay was cranking out, I began to realize that they were producing the highest quality work around. And I thought, if my experience up to that point had taught me anything, my inquiry would likely be shut down immediately and I would be taunted and booed until their throats were sore. Fuck it, I thought. Probably a huge waste of time. And for a while, I gave up on the idea of having my car chopped at all. So for a few months, I occupied myself with other projects and just sort of put that three window on hold. It sat on rollers, pushed into the corner of my shop, patiently waited for me to come up with some sort of a solution to its huge problem, a much too tall roof line. In the interim, I had done everything I could to try to make it look as good as possible. A hammered stance sitting low in the front, a little higher in the rear, chrome Merc wheels, and caps and wide whites, bigs and littles. It looked a lot better, but it wasn't what I wanted long-term. By January of 2019, I couldn't fucking take it anymore. Brandon and his crew at East Bay had not relented in their habit of kicking out absolute top-tier work. In fact, the volume just seemed to increase. It seemed like every time I checked in on them, there was a new project being completed, a new notch in the belt, and a fresh one in the hopper. All of which were impeccably executed and finished to the absolute highest level of craftsmanship. I thought to myself, shit. I should have gotten a hold of these guys a lot sooner. Well, the final straw was the unveiling of the Brian Rusk Coupe. As I stated previously, I had been watching that build for a long time. I knew it was something special as I watched the progress, but when I saw it completed and in paint, it was over with. I couldn't stand it another minute. 
I had to find out if these guys would be willing to chop my car. So it started out with a direct message on Instagram, one of probably dozens that Brandon must receive on a weekly basis. One that I figured may go unanswered or lead absolutely nowhere. I sent it off and waited. And to my surprise, I got a reply back the same day. It said, quote, yeah, we can do it. Give me a call when you're ready to talk about it. <laughs> well, shit, I thought that was easy. And we were off to a great, great start. So I called later that day and had the first of what would be several conversations with Brandon about how the process would go. And right away, I was super impressed with his straightforwardness. What kind of chop are you looking for? Brandon asked. It was clear to me that this was partly an interview on his end. Brandon is someone who takes pride in the work he does, and I know for sure that initially he wanted to make sure that I didn't want some garbage chop that he wouldn't want his name attached to. My answer, though, was met with instant approval. Here's what I told him. I said, it's pretty simple. I want the exact same chop as the Rusk Coupe, but more of it. By the end of our first conversation, I had all of the answers to my preliminary questions. Process, approximate cost, time frame to start, time frame for completion. And I hung up with a revitalized sense of optimism that this may actually happen. So a short time later, I ran into Brandon at the Grand National Roadster Show. It was the first time meeting him in person, and he had some absolutely fantastic cars on display. In conversation, I again brought up the subject of chopping my car, and to my surprise, he was just as interested in talking about it as I was. He said, hey man, whenever you're ready to move forward, I will be too. Honestly, looking at the cars he had built that were on display at that show, I couldn't believe he would even want to talk about working on my bucket, but he did. So it would be a full year before the conversation got real again. And this wasn't Brandon's doing. It was absolutely mine. <clears throat> I'd become caught up in a whirlwind of work projects as well as having my 32 coupe, the one from the story, better lucky than good, which you can check out on the site. Um, having it chopped. Oh yeah, that's sorry. Uh, so work projects as well as having my 32 coupe chopped at the same time. So yeah, I got distracted. Long story short, I got overwhelmed and distracted. Throughout that process though, Brandon and I stayed in contact and he continued to be extremely helpful and supportive. Every time we talked, he would assure me that we would do the work when I was ready. And in the meantime, he gave me some homework to do. The homework was look at photos of chopped cars that had features that I liked and didn't like, set the stance of the car the way that it was ultimately going to sit, and gut the interior. 
And in one of our conversations, miraculously, he made an offer I couldn't refuse. Brandon said, look, why don't you come down and spend a week or so here in the shop with us? We'll cut the, cho- the top off your car, cut it up, set the preliminary profile the way that you want it. And once you sign off on it, you can head home, leave the car here, and I'll finish it off and call you when it's done. Now, there was no way I was going to pass on an offer like that. So I set out to make it happen. And full disclosure, <laughs> this isn't a normal offer. So don't go calling these motherfuckers and telling them that I said you can bring your car down there and work on it with them. <laughs> that's, that's not a normal uh, thing. I got the impression right away. So uh, yeah, don't do that. So I started off by dragging the thing over to my buddy Daryl's shop. Daryl owns Schroeder Speed and Custom here in Portland. And he helped me set the stance with a flattened rear cross member, along with a new spring and a small C-notch. I changed the wheels and tires to 616s, added a pair of skirts, and gutted the interior. And in July of 2021, I set off for East Bay to make my dream a reality. Little did I know that I was about to have an experience of a lifetime and make memories that would stick with me for years to come. But for that, you'll have to tune in to part two of this story. All right, guys, there you have it. That was uh, story number one of a two-part uh, series of articles that I wrote about East Bay Speed and Custom. Uh, that first one is available on the website currently, ironandsteel.com. You can go there and check it out for yourself. Um, the second story or second part of that story, uh, I will release it on the website here in the next few days. And then it will also be the subject of next week's podcast as well. So uh, podcast number 28 will be East Bay Speed and Custom 2, basically. So the second part of the story um, that what you just heard was obviously kind of an introduction or the story of my introduction to East Bay, to Brandon and East Bay and kind of how that all went down. The second part of the story is a much more in-depth, um, kind of deep, deeper dive into East Bay as a business and Brandon as a person and kind of the story of how that all came to be, I guess you could say. So yeah, ironandsteel.com. The story I just read you is there with some photos. You can go check it out for yourself. Uh, in the next few days, the second story will be added as well. Uh, if you don't want to go there and look at it firsthand, you can wait seven days and uh, I will read you the second part of that story next Tuesday. So, all right. Speaking of uh, people's stories, I mentioned in the last podcast, and I really do want to get this going. Um, I mentioned in the last uh, podcast that I want to start telling some listener stories. So the shorthand version is I just feel like there's so many stories out there and 99% of them are never going to be told. So, you know, the reality is like most of us, our cars are never going to be in a magazine. Our stories uh, are never going to be t- you know printed and told that way. So uh, if I can do my part to start telling some of your stories, I want to, I want to do that. So I guess basically if you have a story to tell about 
It can be about, you know, your car. It can be about your dad, your grandpa. It can be the cool neighbor down the street that got you interested in hot rods. It can be um, the local legend, you know, hot rod, small town legend that, you know, street race, whatever the fuck. Basically, if it's a story that's number one related to hot rods or custom cars or race cars, um, if it's car related and it's important to you, I want to start telling those stories. So if you want your story told, if you can take the time to sit down and type it out and send it to me, uh, my email address is jake at ironandsteel.com. And, uh, you know, try to make it legible or readable, fucking space it out, paragraphs, you know, periods, all this stuff. It's not going in the New York Times or anything, but um, if you include photos, I will most likely also include it on the website. So uh, make it legible, readable, just for my benefit so I can fucking read the thing, number one. Um, but uh, number two, if the better the story looks, the better the chance that I'm going to um, put included on the site as well. So uh, I just, I don't have time to sit there and edit everyone's story and make it palatable. So just do your, be- again, it's not like this isn't high stakes or anything, but uh, if you could just do your best to make it legible and uh, I'll start telling those stories here and most likely including them on the website as well. So again, Jake at ironandsteel.com is my email address and just start sending them through and I'm going to start going through them. I've already got a few kind of in the hopper uh, from a few guys that um, sent them through uh, since last week. So yeah, if you could do that, that would be bitching. And uh, again, let's blast through some Q&A this week. I got a few uh, pretty good questions. So we'll get through that and then we'll say our goodbyes. So uh, the first question was, it says, uh, so there has to be one vehicle that you love or would love to own that is not a traditional hot rod. Um, not really. <laughs> uh, I like muscle cars too, don't get me wrong, but I don't lay awake at night and dream about a 70 Chevelle or anything. But uh, yeah, um, no, traditional hot rods and custom cars are really the only things that I sit and daydream about. You know, if somebody gave me, you know, fell out of the sky or whatever, would I like to have a 70 Chevelle or, or something similar? Yeah, absolutely. They're bitching cars too, but you know, traditional hot rods and customs, that's kind of my thing. So, um, is there one vehicle that you would love to own that isn't a traditional hot rod? I, I guess, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, the next question was, what is your opinion on fiberglass bodies? Oh, this is great. (laughs) Um, it depends on the context. So, um, if it's a, 23 T, you know, glass body. That's a fucking badass injected altered drag car. I'm into that. Uh, if it's a 32 three window bebop fucking jack off three window glass body fake hot rod. I'm not into that. That's gay with a capital G. So fiberglass bodies, whatever, you know, if it's cool, you know, it's cool. If it's a fake hot rod, you know, it sucks. So uh, speaking of hot rods, uh, Lou sent this to my buddy Lou. It says, uh, do chicks dig burnouts? Because mine does not. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, buddy. Mine doesn't either. And, um, yeah, I just, uh, I learned not to even joke around about that. Cause, um, if she thinks I'm going to do shit like that, she won't even get in the car with me. So that's my best advice. 
when they're not into burnouts, they're definitely not into burnouts. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. Oh, this I love this question. <laughs> it says, have you thought about heading down to the gathering at the Rock? Yeah, I thought about it. Uh, it's a it's a twenty five hundred mile drive. <sighs> I just don't see that being a thing uh, for me. But uh, I made that drive one time. I drove to Oklahoma. I bought a thirty four really nice 34 pickup from uh, Keith Hill and like a fucking idiot. I said, Hey, I'll just drive out there and pick it up and you know, I'll tow it home myself. And you know, it was the savings in gas was like, you know, 600 bucks versus just having it hauled or whatever. And I was like, ah, no big deal. I'll go for a little road trip and it'll be great. Man, that fucking drive sucks ass. So, uh, have I thought about the gathering at the rock? You know, not seriously. Looks cool though. Don't get me wrong. Um, looks like it's got like a trog vibe with like a cowboy flavor. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm not trying to be disparaging, at it, like at all. But the chances of me going to the gathering at the Rock are probably pretty slim. But uh, looks like a cool event. Lots of bitching cars and uh, a lot of great people. But uh, I just don't see making a five thousand mile round trip. Um, for a car show. So, uh, the next question, <laughs> next question was, uh, what size is the Hemi in your coupe? That's a 270. It's a Dodge Red Ram, uh, 55 Dodge Red Ram 270. So it's a baby Hemi is what they call it. Uh, the next question was Zephyr or T5, uh, early old, uh, early olds powered model A. Uh, I don't know. It depends on what you're going to use the car for, I guess. Um, if you want to drive the shit out of it, a T5 and uh, disguise the shifter as a four-speed and uh, call it good. Uh, if you want to win points and be the most trad bro on the ham, you can go for a Zephyr, Tranny. They're both good. They're both plenty strong. But, uh, you know, if you want to drive your car, fucking put a T5 in it and go do burnouts. Um, the next question was hypothetically speaking, let's say you have a 41 Ford hot rod it or turn it into a custom. <laughs> um, <laughs> if I had a 41 Ford, I would pull the bumpers off of it and then I would roll it into the Pacific ocean. <laughs> There's nothing good looking about a 41 Ford. I don't give a shit who you are, uh, other than the bumpers. So yeah, I'm not the, I'm not the best person to answer that question. If it were me, I would yank the bumpers off, put them on a good looking car and then, uh, you know, maybe the steering wheel and then just, uh, yeah, drive over the rest of the car with a, uh, large truck. I don't know. Fuck, I, don't know. I don't know what to tell you. All right. So I, there was actually quite a few other questions. I'm going to save them for next week, uh, because I'm looking at this timer and we're fucking running way long. So, uh, again, ironandsteel.com is the website. Um, go there, subscribe, you know, do all the shit everybody always asks you to do. If you could, it would be great. If you don't, I don't give a shit. Thank you again uh, to everybody that tunes in and listens to this podcast. I genuinely do appreciate it. And uh, yeah, if you could keep sharing the link, uh, keep telling your buddies, and uh, we'll keep doing this. So, all right, that's it for this week. Um, again, ironandsteel.com. You can go check out that East Bay story for yourself. Uh, or check back on the website here in the next couple of days and you can see the second part of that same uh, series of articles and uh, again next week next Tuesday um, 
I'll read the second part as a podcast. So, all right. Thank you guys again. I greatly appreciate it. And uh, I'll talk to you all again in uh, seven days.